Tiananmen was perhaps an inevitable stage in the way the Chinese social and economic system changed, and it was a clash between the changing economic system with a very old and Leninist political system. And such a contradiction, such a clash was bound to, to happen, and it happened on Tiananmen Square in 1989. Hi, this is CDD Chinacast, a production of ChinaDigitalTimes.net. I am Wunan, and today I'm presenting a phone conversation with Jaime Flaucruz, the current CNN Beijing bureau chief. Flaucruz has been in China for 35 years, and he is one of the godfathers of foreign reporting in China. In 1980, Flaucruz started to work as a news assistant with Newsweek in Beijing. Later, he joined Time magazine in 1982 and became its Beijing bureau chief between 1990 to 2000. Flau Cruz has been eyewitness to the entire economic and social reform period China went through. In our podcasts, Flau Cruz speaks of how he was stuck in China as a tourist and how he struggled to become a reporter in China. He talks about China's recent tightening of media control. To avoid jamming all the interesting things Flau Cruz has to say, I split the podcasts into two parts. In this first part, Flau Cruz describes his first-hand experience of one of the biggest stories in China, Tiananmen Square in 1989. Hi, Jaime. Very nice talking to you. My first question is, how did you actually come to China? Well, I was an accidental tourist. I came to China in August 1971, and originally I came for a three-week tour of China. I was a young student leader in the Philippines who... uh, like the students on Tiananmen Square, I was also um, idealistic. I wanted to make a revolution and change the world. We organized demonstrations and protests uh, against them, against uh, the officials. And for those things, I, I paid dearly. I, during the, my visit in China, I was blacklisted in the Philippines. So I could not go home for 12 years uh, for fear of getting arrested back in the Philippines. So... That's why I ended up staying in China so long. It was forced exile. I spent a year uh, on a state farm in Hunan. Then I worked in a fishing company in in Yantai, Shandong province, a year and a half. And then finally I decided to learn Chinese formally. So I went to Beijing Languages Institute, Beijing Yuan Shenyuan for uh, and I did a two-year course in Mandarin and translation. And then I still couldn't go home, so I enrolled in Beida, yeah, Peking University. I did a history course there for four years. At the end of that four years, I started to work for Newsweek as a news assistant. And then when I graduated um, in 82, I joined Time magazine as a reporter. You are the co-author of... The massacre in Beijing, right? Right. You know, I only did a part of it, um, part about the students and the student movement, because I was most familiar with it. I followed it from the beginning, from the night I was awakened by a phone call when Hu Yaobang died, and then a group of students from Beida decided to march in campus and then outside to Tiananmen early morning, and uh, so... We all drove from Jianwai to Beida and followed the students. And then from then on, we just went on and on uh, for, for several days and weeks and then months until June. What's the point of your book? 
Well, that was a very, what we call a, uh, a quickie. The main point was to squeeze the best part of our reporting for Time Magazine. At that time, we brought in a few other reporters to cover Tiananmen, and so we all had different perspectives. We were all in different places, had different beats, news beats, and the point of the book was to put together a long compilation of our best stories, some of which did not make it into the magazine, but also to crystallize the stories and the insights that we formed and gathered in those several weeks. Is there a single story that you really want to tell, you really want to share? During the whole event? Uh -huh. um, well, I think that one theme I, I've always wanted to get across was first the students were all well-meaning, passionate, idealistic, nationalistic. Uh, and in a way, I, I was like that. I was like them when I was 18 and 20. Uh, so I saw myself in them. At the same time, I, I also saw, of course, a sense of naivete, this pure idealism that I saw in them, for, which means it's very good, but also it has its force because of youth. Sometimes it also means a limited view of things. I also wanted to drive the point that, you know, Tiananmen at its peak, there were different groups of Chinese with different dreams and different frustrations, different complaints, different agenda. And it just happened that during that time, uh, all of their agenda kind of came together. So you have students just wondering about their future. You had workers who were either laid off or were worried about being laid off. You had residents, ordinary residents of Beijing complaining about rising prices, inflation. Again, also not sure about where things were going. What did you say at that night? I was not right in the square. I was near the square, but mainly I saw um, protesters gathering around tanks and PLA trucks. Um, I've, I saw trucks and tanks burn uh, after the, uh, the soldiers fled, and I heard shooting. I saw some shooting, but and then mainly I saw tanks rolling into Beijing later that day. How did you cover the story? We had divided news beat among three of us, and actually we divided the time of the day because we felt that a crackdown was coming that day. We just didn't know when. And my shift was supposed to be uh, past midnight on June 3rd, but of course the crackdown happened even before that. So even though I was supposed to be sleeping, I was already up early evening. And then, because that was a Sunday, the magazine was already closed for printing. Because of the massacre, we had to undo, and we had a different cover story at that time. It was not Tiananmen. So last minute, we decided to hold the press, to hold printing, and we started all over again uh, a cover story. In the United States, people call 1989 a fight for the democracy. Do you agree with it? Well, I think that was one of the themes of Tiananmen, that it was a search for democracy, but I don't think it was the whole story. As I was saying earlier, it's, I think different people went to Tiananmen those few weeks for different reasons or different um, agenda or different complaints. You can probably, I would say, it's more a search for, for freedom, for freedom to kind of take their lives into their own hands 
And at the same time, it was an extension of, of political struggle in the Communist Party and in, in the Chinese government. What do you think of the meaning of this event? Well, the meaning of it is that um, it was perhaps an inevitable stage that China had to go through. China was moving quite dramatically from a centrally planned economy to a market-driven economy. The government, I think, failed in managing the people's expectations. The people just were scared of, this, of these changes because, in part, an, a new system was not in place or it was not clear how this new system would evolve. And these tensions, these social political tensions, came to a boil in Tiananmen. I think it should be viewed in that sense, that Tiananmen was perhaps an inevitable stage in the way the Chinese social and economic system changed. And it was a clash between the changing economic system with a very old and Leninist political system. And such a contradiction, such a clash was bound to, to happen, and it happened on Tiananmen Square in 1989. You've been listening to CDD Chinacast. Stay tuned for next week when we have more from Jaime Flaucruz, the CNN Beijing bureau chief. I'm Wu Nan, and thanks for listening. 